You're very welcome back to Thursday Night's Off the Ball. Richie McCormick here with you until 10pm tonight. A little bit later on, John Giles on the week's football. Very football heavy show tonight. In fact, we'll bring you a snippet of our Cabri Road show from last night as well. We're going to hear from Arsenal legend Ian Rice. That's up after 8 o'clock, but it has been a difficult night for Shamrock Rovers in the Europa League playoff first round. The Hoops have gone down 4-0 away to Ferenc Varos in Budapest and it could well have been much, much more were not for a string of saves from their goalkeeper Alan Manis. Gavin Cooney of the 42.ie joins us online uh, to talk about this particular game. Gav, it was a difficult night for Rovers pretty much from the jump. Yeah, second leg will be more mitigation than miracles at Tala next week, you have to say. They're completely outclassed. Now, in fairness to Rovers, like, they were arriving into you know extreme heat, 36 degrees or so, um, which didn't help. Obviously, they they moved the uh, they moved the kickoff uh, earlier on in the evening, I presumably so Ferenc Farish could make the most of it. And they arrived without too many key players, to be quite honest with you. Like Chris McCann has been outstanding in the European run so far, uh, missed the second leg against Scoopy, which wasn't a major problem for Rovers, but was an issue tonight. They were without the captain, Roland Finn. He was suspended. Graham Burke was injured. Uh, even Idemo Amaku, who's you know reliable goal scorer in Europe, he was injured. He was ill as well. So that didn't help, but they were they were totally outclassed. Um, 4-0 on the night, as you say, could have been worse. Like, I mean, they, uh, uh, I think twice French Farage hit the post. Mm. And while they were outclassed, I think when Rovers do their video analysis of it, they will there will be moments for introspection on the goals that they conceded. The first came from not dealing with a cross in from the right hand side, and the third was an absolute shocker. It was a calamitous goal to give away and you know, totally kill them off. It came only three minutes after half time. Um they, they Rovers had the ball at the Ferenc Farage corner flag and then just in a flash they were breaking three on two. You thought Rovers dealt with it when Alan Manis saved the shot from um, uh, sorry, the player, French Farish player escapes me uh, just at the moment. But then ball breaks to Sean Gannon and he just inexplicably squares the ball across his own goal to Trey Ore, who can miss from close range. Like, you know, usually say you can't, you make those er- errors at European level and you won't get away with it. You know, if you make that error at the Leicester Senior League level, you won't get away with it. Yeah. So it was a really, really, it was a real shocker that. Um, but look, I mean, poor goals to give away, but they're going to give away goals because French Farish were, were much too good for them. So, yeah, fairly fairly chastening night all around. Yeah, the way with which um, French Farish were able to break the lines, that second goal in particular, if I'm remembering it right, it was from a brilliant ball from Lydouni in midfield. It was side the ball in a straight yeah. line right up past uh, Sean Hoare and then eventually went down the, the sideline. It was played across the six-yard box and a tap in. But it showed that French Varos, like the, the, the calibre of player, probably just a notch above what Rovers have been used to dealing with in recent rounds. Yeah, completely. I think they have, a, you know, I think the squad valuation or something is like 40 million euros, which is not anywhere close. Mm. Rovers aren't anywhere clo- uh, close to that. But it's also, I, I see you saw those quotes by the Farage Farosh boarding director that were reported in the Irish Independent at the lead up to this game. You know, completely mad stuff on his behalf, saying Rovers play an unpleasant British style. Uh, and there speaks a man who has never watched Hamrick Rovers play before. Uh, but uh, while he hadn't watched Rovers play, Farage Farage and their scouting department evidently did. And they were quite prepared for this game. Like you mentioned, Lydouni, who uh, midfielder was picked. I don't think he, he played at the weekend in the league against Farivar. Uh He was picked in midfield. And he kept finding this pocket of space just to the left, like, say like deep and left in their midfield mm. uh, just found this space behind Aaron Green inside Sean Gannon outside Dylan Watts and he just kept exploiting that space and it was from that space 
that he um, that he he's he slid that ball through uh, for uh, for uh, Mai for uh, to square the ball for Traore for the second goal. So uh, they had their homework done. I think Sean Gannon maybe dropped a little bit too deep on that occasion, but that, it was it was a real quality goal. Um, and like you say, it, it could have been more. They they look they look really good. And that and that um, Moroccan international who I mentioned, uh, uh, Mai. Uh, he looks. He was fantastic. I mean, only his own inaccuracy, and and sometimes he was a little bit too casual. Yeah. Otherwise, he might have had a hat trick. And Alan Manis denied him as well. He was brilliant and uh, linked with the move to Celtic. So he might uh, he might make one set of hoops happy at some point, Richie. But certainly not Rovers. Yeah, they they looked like within the second half, French Varos, like the foot had come off the pedal, and they were content. Not we wouldn't say content, but chances went to begging, as which they did with regularity in that second half. They weren't too pushed because they knew they had the coach and they knew that at any stage they could probably put the foot down again and, and go and find another but they were wasteful in that second half and it was at 3-0 and you kind of think Rovers they occasionally looked like they were finding their footing in the game and then Ferenc Varus would just kind of drift away from them again Yeah well that's because they brought Jack Byrne on I mean I know this is the kind of profound and interesting insight that you pay me for but <laughs> Shamrock Rovers looked paid. a much better team uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, Shamrock Rovers looked a much better team with Jack Byrne on the pitch when they yeah. brought him on. He just, in terms of, you know, he's just a real personality. He was just demanding the ball all the time. Is probably a testament to how well Ferenc Farage pushed them back. Uh, that Jack Byrne was dropping in at almost centre back to pick up the ball at times. Um, but there was, oh, I, I don't know. I always got a sense that Ferenc Farage were, you know, just managing the game. They even. They they took their foot off the pedal a little bit in the first half I thought as well Richie yeah. and then they you know they they went through the gears scored the second hit the post again my Mister Sitter he just rolled the ball right at Manas really tamely where he should have scored and then you know it looked like if Ernst Farish had declared on three nil and then Manas had to make a brilliant save uh, in stoppage time and it's from that corner that they added the fourth just the steep cross slung to the edge of the box and a uh, substitute Chivik uh, first time volley just and it was a scruffy enough volley like and it bounced through a thicket of bodies and into Manus's into the bottom corner past Manus and he, w- he was pretty upset uh, seeing the ball go go beyond him he again play, played really well again for overs and made uh, several several really important saves and you know, it's also probably um, a reflection of Rovers' injury problems because they do have them, and their squad is very deep by League of Ireland standards, but maybe not so from uh, uh, European standards. They didn't fill the bench uh, to the extent that yeah. they can for European games tonight, and the end of the game with two, albeit very talented, seventeen-year-olds on the pitch, in Gideon Teta and uh, Justin Ferjai. Ferjai, okay, came on against Ludogorets as well, but that I think that's just a reflection of the injuries that Rovers have at the moment, and just counting the four to carry into uh, into an away game against decide it's sharp it's focused and just simply as good as Ferenc Varos it comes back to a point that Stephen Bradley was making after last week's away leg like they wanted that game with Derry City at the weekend pushed back essentially to give themselves a little bit more wiggle room and a chance to kind of uh, recover and get themselves ready for uh, this first leg with Ferenc Varos Uh, they made an application to the league for that game to be pushed back and it wasn't granted we've seen in the past um, the League of Ireland help teams in Europe obviously the games be postponed there's only so much that you can do that but they did have a legitimate point here they were playing back to back away games and there didn't seem to be much you know sense of give from the League of Ireland to try and help them out and try and you know get themselves rested I'm not like I don't think it would have brought four or five players back into the starting 11 but at the same time it would have given those players that they did blood tonight a decent chance to rest and recuperate between rounds 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, there'll always be a balance struck between, you know, helping the teams in, in Europe and, uh, and you know, keeping the domestic game going and, and being fair to the domestic sides not involved in Europe. Like, you don't really want to see games postponed too often because it, you end up with sides outside of Europe going ages without a home game. You know, like Shells now, I think they've had one game in three, home game in three months or something uh, because the Pats game was, was what didn't... Um, take place through uh through seemingly no one, no one's fault so you if you but if you even if you judge it on a case-by-case basis you know like rovers didn't want the game called off they only wanted to push back to saturday or sunday to give them extra time to recover uh from tuesday away north macedonia having to travel away again uh to budapest i mean i know stephen bradley was wondering aloud whether graham burke's injury in Derry was down to the fact that you know they had to um they had to play that game on Friday and he didn't quite get the recovery time uh, that he might have wanted or needed. Um, but I definitely, I mean, Bradley's naturally been very strong and it's saying that, you know, the, the league lacked leadership and it was poor from them. Um, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I really don't understand how the game couldn't be uh, facilitated on a, on a Saturday, Saturday or a Sunday. And, and they, like their next, Rovers next game is obviously this Sunday because they're playing a Thursday this week. They played Tuesday yeah. last week against Dundalk. And all of a sudden, you know, like this is, we haven't had a real title race for a while in the Premier Division because Rovers have been far too good for everyone. But now, you know, all these injuries um, and this fixture congestion and Dundalk, okay, Rovers have a game in hand, but the gap is only four points and Dundalk have had nine days to prepare for this game in Tallis, so on Sunday. So, um, pressure pressure is on in that respect. Okay, this was a kind of a free hit, but it does bring its own uh, commensurate pressure on the league race. Do we know? I know they, they, they flew out of Shannon um, again, going to uh, to Budapest this time around. Stephen Bradley again wasn't, you presume, happy about that. He wasn't happy about previous legs having to go through Shannon either. Uh, ironically enough, obviously, they came back into Dublin uh, by dint of uh, uh, fog, I think it was the last time. Mm. Um, they're going to have three guaranteed away games coming up do we know if they've made any provisions to try and obviously they don't know who they have in the draw yet but have they certainly made any approaches to try and ensure that they can fly out of Dublin during the course of this what will be a pretty hectic period for them as they go into the the title run in I genuinely don't know okay. uh, to be honest with you um, they have to fly via charter I didn't re- I only realised this when I, uh, around the Pats Fiorore that from the third qualifying rounds on you have to fly charter for UEFA games you can't fly commercial um, and obviously they'll, they'll only find out where they're headed um, on Friday week now obviously they'll have a bit more time to prepare so you'd, you'd imagine uh, that they should have a little bit more luck uh, in getting charter flights in and out of Dublin um, because just they'll have more preparation time you know like you know, it's kind of crazy in the qualifying rounds where you're you sometimes have five six days notice as um as regards where you're going to be. So I'm sure that's a real kind of logistical nightmare. And in fairness to Stephen Bradley, I think his the main root of his frustration was how could the Bulgarian sides Ludogorets and CSK Sofia find a, a charter spot in Dublin, and the Irish champions were flying out of Shannon, and the FAI Cup champions were flying out of Knock. Um, I don't think anyone's really got satisfactory answers on that, so I'd certainly sympathise with them on that front. But uh, as to your question as to whether anything's arranged, I genuinely don't know. Um, but they'll they'll know the draw tomorrow week, and they'll have a little bit more time to get things arranged. Who's responsible for making those calls? Do we know about where the charters actually go out of. Again, we don't really know. I mean, that we asked when Stephen Bradley was talking, uh, raised these questions after the the Scoopy game. Yeah. Serious questions to be have to be asked. Like one of the follow up questions was. 
well, where do we ask them? Like, who do we ask? And he said, I don't, I'd like, he was honest and said he didn't know. That's fair enough. Maybe it's a question for the Dublin Airport Authority. Again, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure on that. Yeah, it is. A, it's a strange one, but a difficult second leg. We kind of mentioned before that this was this is almost a hit to nothing. You can, like they'll want to put in. This is the the kind of catch twenty two they find themselves in. They can't necessarily just disregard this second leg. They will want to put in a decent showing for themselves and Ferenc Paros get back into Tallis Stadium next week. So you kind of have to still put out a strong eleven. You kind of still have to put your best foot forward and all this, and that could still have its own impact on the title race and indeed on their their group stage draw. Yeah, it is a difficult situation that they're in now. I mean, I like their most important game over the next seven days is not the second leg now. It is it is the league game against Dundalk mm-hmm. on Sunday, um, because the reason they're in this position is because they won the league last year. So, uh, um, yeah, they'll have to they'll have to go for it. I mean, hopefully, hopefully they just don't suffer any more injuries. Um, I'm sure they'll you know go out and restore a bit of pride at Tala, but uh, in terms of qualification, based on based off the evidence we saw in Budapest tonight, I I think it's a it's beyond a pipe dream. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a tough second leg, to say the least, uh, for Shamrock Rovers. Gab Cooney from the 42.ie, thank you so much for taking time out uh, to speak to us this evening. We'll make sure that check is indeed uh, in the post this evening. Don't you be worrying about that. Uh, it's Richie in for uh, the night tonight until 10 o'clock. We're going to have John Giles on the football show after 9 o'clock tonight as well, assessing the week's Premier League action. We'll keep you updated on events as well from Munich, where Andrew Coskern and I is going in a final in the next while for Ireland and lots lots more in between and don't forget as well after 8 o'clock we're going to give you, be giving you even a little sense of what Ian Wright was like last night at our Cadbury's Roadshow there's more to come after this Football on Off the Ball With Sky Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports